Blog Talk Radio. show for you today. Our show will have Janet Salazar and Constance J. J. Peake of the Impact Leadership 21 program, Global Leadership Program. They are with the United Nations. They are involved with so many women all the way around the world. They create leaders out of young women. And it is not so much about a focal point on women, but the work they get to do. But without further ado, I must bring on Mr. J. Logan. Listen gives Primair host from San Francisco. Together we make a difference. Hello, Jay Logan. How are you? I am doing pretty good today, Gail. I'm in sunny, sunny San Francisco, um, and I'm having a wonderful time over here. Everybody's smiling, and the sun is out, and uh, we're over the earthquake, so we're moving on. Well, you know, Jay, we had an amazing day like that yesterday here in New York you know, and it was just, um, it was so beautiful. You know, the, the water was interesting looking out at the water. We were, as you know, we were at the conference for Digital Media Wire, so we wanted to say hello to Ned and Tenzar Sherman from Gail and Jay. And it was, you know, it was an amazing, amazing day being at the conference. Jay, there, because in the back we could see the over, you know, the water was just so beautiful with the sunset. So I can imagine just having a beautiful day like that for yourself out there. That's wonderful. So we're both together now. We have great, beautiful days. Well, I think it's about time because, as you know, I I get very jealous about San Francisco, as you well know. Well, she's not to be jealous, but we we don't get the fall and the beautiful leaves and the autumn. We miss out a lot out here. It's not really anything to be jealous of because uh, it's just hot and the rain is here. You got to get all the seasons. You miss out a little bit, but not much. Now, Jay, you know, we usually go over our, our listen give topics, but unfortunately due to time and, you know, our great friends at Block Talk Radio, who they, we have to give them credit. They're still working on it, you know. So I'm um, really looking forward to um, having them do that. But, we, you know, is it okay if we go over our listen and give sound bites with you later in the show, Jay? Oh, that's wonderful. No problem. I'm ready to roll. Okay. Well, you know, without further ado, we have these wonderful women that I, you know I'm excited about because I've met them over, you know, since, uh, I would say a little bit since last year, late last year, and I'm just so happy to have them on. The work they do, the diverse backgrounds they come from, uh, they're a couple. It's just, and one of them is going to Japan, the other one's, you know, going to another state. It's just amazing. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Jay, Janet Salazar and Constance J. Peake. Constance and Janet, Hello. welcome to the Listen and Give radio show. Hello, Gail. Hello, Jake. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, we're Hello. excited about you guys. <laughs> we're really excited and to have you and Janet on, and I know that, Constance, thank you for being on. You're getting ready to prepare for an amazing event in Japan. Oh, my goodness, yes. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> 
Yes, and we're excited just to, you know, share it with you and have Janet on here and sharing with us. You know, so if it's okay, one of the ways that we don't want you to give away too much of all your great information is we're going to ask you certain questions. And if you would tailor the answers just to those questions, because if you give away so much of all your good stuff, we'll run out of everything before time. So is that okay with you, ladies? (laughs) All right. Hi, Gail. That's perfectly fine. Thank you, Janet. (laughs) So um, as you know, you've met Jay. He's out of San Francisco. We both together are the Listen and Give host. And, you know, Janet and Constance, you have this amazing program with Impact Leadership 21. Would you just give our audience a small tidbit of what Impact is, what the uh, Leadership Impact 21 is? Not too much because we have more questions down the road for you, but if both of you in your own words could share with our audience members what this amazing program is, we would love to hear from both of you. All right, Jenny, you want me to start? Yes, please go ahead. Okay. Impact is a movement and platform. Impact is an acronym for the skills that we feel that are needed to be effective leaders in the 21st century. You must be innovative, multicultural, passionate, attuned, collaborative, and tenacious. That's Impact Leadership 21, leadership in the 21st century. That's short enough for you? Uh, is it short enough yes, for you? And if I may just add, um, of course, the mission of this global platform is to accelerate women's leadership at the highest levels of influence in the 21st century. So if you would notice, we are using the word accelerate women's leadership because we've advanced so much and now what we need to do is accelerate that so that we really achieve that gender balance leadership at the top level. The advancement has been nothing but a trickle. Wow. So that's why we emphasize accelerate. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I know, Jay, that you uh, also have a question for them. Yes, I'd like to ask Janet and Constance, would you share with us this, in the same way, what is Maverick Vision International? Just that, that is the, it's, our, our magic vision, it's our daring to dream, it's us coming up with the possibilities and then making them happen. That is our, our parent company, that's our mother company. Um, the company was formed when our relationship formed. <laughs> mm-hmm. but we we have certain challenges. We have, we have certain challenges uh, coming t- together, being... 8,500 miles apart from each other, how can we make our relationship happen? How can we come together and use our our collective knowledge to make a difference in the world? And how dare we do this dream? It it was a dream and a vision that was maverick. And that is the name of the company. Janet, would you like to share anything further about... um Maverick Vision International as well. Yes, Jay, thanks so much. Yep, so Maverick Vision International, again, it's a global platform for executive coaching, training, and we focus specifically on multicultural relationships, and we also convene 
intimate business settings and meetings for um, um, multinational business people, specifically East and West, Eastern and Western relationships. So, um, and lately we have added um, diversity as well into the entire um, lineup of the training and coaching that we do. Um, at uh, Maverick Vision International, so we have an array. We have a um, an array of uh, experts with us on board who are ready to um, really give these services, whether for corporations or businesses or or um, um, organizations. Right now, our again, like I said, our focus is. Um, building business relationships between um, Asia and the U.S. Okay. You know, Janet and yep. Constance, you both have very interesting backgrounds. Would you share, Janet, about this story of you always wanting to work at the United Nations as a little girl? I believe I heard this at one of her <laughs> events. Yes, thank you, Gail. Yeah, thank you for remembering that. And, yeah, I, I, I get... Um, emotional when I think about that. But yes, um, I was 13 years old. I uh, was in a freshman high school back in the Philippines, and um, one of our um, subjects was social studies, and every month we would receive kind of like a magazine uh, directly from the United Nations as part of our curriculum. And so one day as we received this, I was waiting for our teacher to come in, and I went outside and was reading this uh, magazine from the UN, and I was just so impressed in my young mind how the UN helps so many countries and millions of people around the world. And so I told myself, wow, this is such a, a big organization and, and, and make, uh, changing lives of people. And I told myself, one day I will be at the United Nations. I will be a part of this organization. And so fast forward in 2005, I was appointed as um, permanent representative at the UN and uh, um, was able to go and represent our organization, Foundation for the Support of the UN, in 2006 here in New York. So um, it's been eight years since I've been working with the United Nations and, of course, together with Constance as um, another representative as well. So it's been great. And, yeah, I was 13 when I had that dream, and I kept that in my heart, even though, you know, the courses that I took and um, uh, the career, you know, after college and after my MBA wasn't, you know, like towards that. But it's just amazing how it comes full circle. And you, when you put something out there, when you dream, you put it out there in the universe, how, you know, the universe just has a way of fulfilling that. And, of course, also uh, as long as you keep that dream, you know, burning in your heart. So, yeah, that's my story as far as the United Nations. Um, Constance. Um, we hear yeah. you are an officer. Would you share your journey with us from uh, being an officer to the starting of Impact Leadership 21? Well, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can and keep it under the time allotment. I was okay. a law enforcement officer in the state of New Jersey for 14 years. And in 2002, I was in a car accident. It 
ended my career in law enforcement, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Ladies, don't cry for me, Argentina. Don't cry about that accident. So um, in my recovery, I looked for ways to give back. I, I volunteered at animal shelters and did whatever outreach that I, I could. So fast forward to um, 2004 and the start of Maverick Vision International, we started doing corporate social responsibility projects. Um, Mm. Jen did an outreach with um, with um, an organization in the Philippines that went to a garbage dump where people were living to to give out school supplies to the kids. We also did an outreach with an uh, organization, Villani, that is the orphanage that rescues children from sex trade and children mm. for three years old, four years old, rescued from sex trade. There's the Foundation for Supporting United Nations. So all we were doing in the communities in in the Philippines and asked us to come on board to revitalize the program. So that's what I do. I direct the program development and support, and I'm also a UN representative. They had the need for representation at the United Nations. They asked us to, to take up that task, and we absolutely jumped up on it, the thought of being able to make change on a worldwide scale was is just phenomenal. It was beyond our dreams. Wow. That wow. is amazing. <laughs> it, it, really, it, it really is. I mean, you know, wow. Okay. That's why I told you, Jane, I was really excited about having them on. Yes. You know, Jen and Constance, you know, you talked a little bit about impact leadership a little bit as we'd asked, but we'd like both of you to share with us, like, really how did it get its start? And, and please feel free to go into as much as you both want here. Like, how did it get its start? What happened? How did it happen? Like, well, I'll still behave time-wise. Um, we started <laughs> noticing, we started noticing a, a pattern. Um, we have a, a very di- diverse background. I come from the government sector, Janet mm-hmm. comes from, from corporate, and we're both entrepreneurs and also coming from the nonprofit and the diplomatic ambassadorial circles. We started seeing a pattern of skill sets that were missing, and we also noticed, it was quite glaring, the absence of women at the highest levels. So in examining this, Janet came up with Impact. She is the creator of, of Impact. I'm, I'm the backbone. I'm the helper. <laughs> but it was noticing all, all the, the, these gaps, the absolutely painful gaps, and we said, wow, if we can infuse the tools and the skill sets needed, there's a great possibility for change. I'll let Janet take over from here. Thank you, Constance. And, yeah, it's quite exciting. Uh, so when, like what Constance said, we really saw a lot of um, opportunities and needs need to come up with something innovative. And um, 
uh, when uh, when we gave birth to Impact, another part of that that we uh, we uh, thought of after that was a realization. Looking at all these women's conferences, is a missing link, and that is the engagement of men in the entire conversation and space of women's leadership and acceleration. And so we started brainstorming, and I said, we have to come up with something where we can gather all these men or future male leaders to talk about um, issues you know, that they have with women, either in the workplace or the organizations that you know, they're a part of, um, certain stereotyping and challenges and um, roadblocks, and at the same time, uh, role models or model concepts that are being used um, where there is a success as far as relationships between men and women in leadership roles and in the workplace. And so we uh, created um, conversations with men. And um, the tagline that I had for that initially is conversations with men, the language of leadership, equality, and partnership. And the concept behind this is really to engage men in the entire process of accelerating women's leadership at the top level because we believe that that's really the missing link to this entire thing. Um, it is only through the involvement and engagement of men, you know, who gets the economic case, the, the economic you know, advantage of having more women equally represented at the top level that we can really move that needle. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people yeah. don't realize, oh, pardon me, a lot of people don't realize the impact that men have had in the advancement of women. If you go up to Seneca Falls, to the Seneca Falls Convention, the Women's Rights Hall of Fame, there, there's some beautiful life-size bronze statues. In the middle of those statues is a man, not just a man, a black man, Frederick Douglass. On the second day of the Women's Rights Convention, there is a hotly contested topic. Should women go for the right to vote? And the answer of the majority was <laughs> no. It was too far-reaching. It was... It was absolutely take the movement in any type of progress that they had. Frederick Douglass got up and spoke to the conference and said, I cannot see my rights as a black man without you seeing your rights. He infused his humanity into that, that conference, that convention. When they did a re-vote, they voted to go for women's suffrage. It has always been that the greatest advancement in society come about because of the input of the people that are in the trenches, in, in the toil of, of the moment, and the bystanders that understand, that are empathetic, and are willing to pick up for the cause. That is where society moves forward. Interesting. Wow. That's very interesting. This is very interesting. Um, no, this is going to be fun. Okay. Um, you guys went into the men part, and we're going to go into that with you a little bit later. What I'd like right. to ask you um, is what opportunities does impact – I'm sorry, Jay, that's your question. Please don't get me there. 
Um, Jay, you have the next one. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to know, now that you said that, Gail, I, I want to know that. I mean, what opportunities uh, does Impact Leadership 21 offer women globally, and also in our own country too? And the second part of the question is, and maybe um, Janet can answer one side of it and Constance can answer the other part. The other thing for the question, Gail, is what ages do they, what ages do they apply? You know, how old do you have to be to get into this thing? So the, the first Perfect. part is what I, yeah. Jan, you want to start? Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jerry, for that um, uh, awesome question. So we have a, a program. We have a uh, training uh, leadership uh, development program called Emerging Global Leaders Fellowship Program. And this is one of the strongest uh, programs that we have where we really train um, emerging women. So when when we say emerging women leaders, these are uh, young and up and coming, and um, but very high potential women leaders. So we started this program and this fellowship at Columbia University uh, in partnership with this um, School of International and Public Affairs Women in Leadership Group. Um, in February of this year. So we, out of that program, uh, spring cohort, we graduated 12 fellows um, in Columbia um, back in May. So uh, they completed the training program. They were trained in the six components of Impact Leadership Platform. So they were trained how to be innovative. They were trained how to be multicultural how to be passionate, how to be attuned, how to be collaborative, and how to be tenacious, and apply that in their daily um, uh, you know, uh, lives being young leaders in the 21st century. Um, we, were also, uh, we also gave it an opportunity to visit different um, United Nations missions uh, and had one-on-one -on -one, uh, up-close and personal conversations with the different ambassadors at the United Nations. So that was uh, really an amazing experience uh, for them and as part of the curriculum in the program. Um, another, another unique part of this program is that we give them an opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one coaching with different uh, experts and leaders uh, in the country. So um, with the, uh, the spring cohort, uh, IBM hosted our first one-on-one -on -one networking and coaching with our 12 fellows, and it was really amazing. And our fellows came out, you know, really with a lot of, a lot of learning from that. So, um, yeah, to, mm -hmm. to answer your first question, Jay, you know, like what, what what do we give to the women and what do we offer? And this is one of these uh, programs that we offer. It's called the Emerging Global Leaders uh, Leadership Development Program. And now we, are, uh, we have started to get um, enrollment for our, our fall cohort, which would still be, of course, in partnership with Columbia University School of International and Public Affairs. Wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, wow. um, what ages yeah, do they apply? apply? Yeah, what ages do they have to be to apply, guys? 
Oh, okay. Well, based on on uh, the fellows that we have for the spring cohort, I I want to say the youngest amongst the fellows was 22 or 23. Uh, these are all graduate graduate. No, not all, but some of them are graduate students. I'm sorry, and some of them are professionals. Young professionals, uh, a couple of them are company owners uh, who are very young and very promising and uh, way ahead of their age, I must say. So, yeah, based on the spring cohort, we had a youngest, I think, 22, and then the oldest was like 35. So that range, um, yeah. So That's pretty much a global leaders program. I gather that we're just out of the range, so we we can't even get the opportunity to apply. That's a, no, that's no, okay. no. That is that's for the EDL, the Emerging Global Leaders. We also have yeah, high impact. We have high impact. Yeah, yeah my, my, my daughter, Gail, I want to say earlier when we were so excited about them, you had asked my, my daughter's age. She was 29, and 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 she's she's the right age now because uh, we were wondering. You were speaking to yeah, me well, about that earlier. Yeah, well, we can actually talk about that offline because I know that we have so many other questions to get to, Jay. Okay. Okay, great. So um, high, our high-impact, um, more seasoned uh, leaders. Okay. So a little bit over that age of 22. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> and and what and just so our audience will know, uh, Janet and Constance, up to one age is the high-impact uh, program go up to. Oh, hey, the high impact program is yeah, it's it's open. If you're it's living and breathing, for senior, <laughs> it's mostly for senior executives and you know senior business people. But yeah, it's it's that one doesn't have like a limit as far as age. I mean, you know, right now we have executives who are still or business people who are still working at the age of mm, sixty plus. So. Yeah, as long as see that the I think I would say that the bottom line for this and and any kind of continuing education or edu- executive education or training, Gail and um, Jay, the bottom line is as long as you have that desire to continue learning and to innovate, you know, you are most welcome to be part of the. A high impact uh, training program. Yay! To give you a picture <laughs> of, of um, some of, of our team, we have a volunteer. Yeah, give a shout out, Lee Wong, who is 19 years old, and she wants to talk about one of the hardest working people in the show business. Wow, she is absolutely incredible, and she was our backbone when we did the California Women's Conference. Our mentor at and Buddy, Cup Buddy, Judy Lerner, is going to be 93. Wow. She's on, <laughs> she's on Twitter. She, she, she's texting everybody. And, and, yes, 93 years old. She is mentor to Gloria Steinem. She was <clears throat> best buddies with Bella Abzug, and on her refrigerator is pictures of Eleanor Roosevelt. Taken personally, okay? Wow, <laughs> and that's what you—that's yes. what you call history, you know. And, and and speaking of that, this is the this is where Jay knows that I love this next part because this is where I love what you guys are doing. I we'd love to know what do you notice about the leadership of women 
from different cultures, Janet and Constance. What do you notice about that? Because given that you train so many of these young women to do such amazing things, what do you notice about the cultures and what you have to, you know, be aware of when you are training them? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go ahead and answer that first, Constance, and then you can um, add, yeah. Um, really, culture plays a lot, you know. Culture plays a huge, I want to say it's the most defining uh, component of of uh, a woman, you know, um, when when they start going out there in the real world, the 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 most challenging part, the most challenging aspect of the personality of a woman is how to really navigate um, the, the real world, and at the same time making sure or, or sometimes have so many other questions about their own culture. So um, this was very true and very evident when we had our first Emerging Global Leaders Training Program in Colombia. We had, you know, multicultural young women and coming from different culture. Uh, And so what one of the topics, which was very, very lively, was a lively discussion was, um, of course, the letter M in, in in the component, which is multiculturalism. And they started talking about how, for example, in 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 the, the Hispanic culture, you know how women are still being seen for the most part as uh, you have to stay home and care for your children and care for your husband. Lost it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if you've you've you know you have three degrees, four degrees. At the end of the day, you're still seen as a woman who should stay in the house, take care of your children, and take care of your husband, you know. And the same thing with uh, so many Asian countries. You know, in China, for example, they're they're doing a great job right now of really, um, you know, having more women empowered, but for for the majority of the provinces in China, it's still the same thing. They look at women as second-class citizens, it doesn't matter if they, they've reached so much as far as education and wealth. Um, and, of course, it, I think I, it will be more helpful if a constant speaks about uh, the Arab women because I, I, I think that she's been, she's been uh, very engaged uh, in this culture. Constance, uh, you may want to add actually, something and talk about the Arab women. I will. Um, first off, with uh, especially uh, with Latino culture, an uh, example that we had is one of our speakers, uh, Yesi Morillo from Citigroup, and she's a director of Citigroup. She's from um, she's from East Harlem, and she did not have the support. They're like, why are you going to school? Mm-hmm. And why are you trying to advance yourself? You know, you need to go find yourself a husband and have lots of kids, go give me grandkids. It, 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 these are, that's an example of some of the uphill battle that culturally women have to face. Um, I've been in contact with an organization out of Iran called My Selfie Freedom. And what they're about is breaking um, this cycle of, of compulsory hijab, the women are, and it's really interesting because not only do you have men and women around the world supporting them, 
you also have women that do wear hijab, and they're all they're saying is, we want this to be a personal choice, not compulsory. And another example is Saudi Arabia. You have women that can be pilots, but you can't drive a car. <laughs> there's so many different obstacles that, as you go around the world, that you see women are facing as, Jan said, as second-class citizens. What I absolutely find fascinating is the innovation of how they get past that. <coughs> wow. That's all I can say as well. Um, mm. Fun stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I have, Jay, I just wanted to ask them a question in regard to this. Um, one of the things, um, we're getting ready to do a story on a hijab, okay? And it's so interesting, Constance, mm. that you would mention a hijab because... A lot of people don't know, depending on the sect, F-B-C-T-S, of the Muslim population. Some women have choice of their hijab, and some women don't have choice, depending on the country. And I learned something actually just recently yesterday from a young lady who is from Dubai. There are tribes within even the Sunni or the Shiite uh, communities of Muslims. So there could be 16 different tribes, and the way... Some tribes may be more open with regard to the hijab and some may not. So it is, I just wanted to ask you, both you and Janet, this. have you ever had any um, issues with family over women who wanted to wear their hijab or didn't want to wear their hijab or anything like the families ever got involved from the leadership training you were providing? I thought no. Yes. Okay. No, yeah, and but it's a big world. It's getting smaller. It's, it's a, a big world, and as we, we get out in the world, and our message gets out, I'm sure there's many things that we wouldn't even consider that will come up. And the great thing of, about being multicultural is that there may be a question or a problem on the left side that the right side has already resolved. And when you bring the wow. guys together, you both advance. Well, Jay, I know you had a question. Yeah, this this question goes to Janet. I want to know, um, Janet, where have you traveled to and what experience have you learned in your leadership from your travels? <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Well, to be honest with you, I have just from the – I grew up in the Philippines. And, um, you know, spend my childhood there and um, uh, my early adulthood. And I came to the United States in 2006. And I've been so busy, you know, uh, building uh, the programs here, um, working with the United Nations, building the business with Constance and helping so many other women that I have not actually gone out from the United States after that. So I was supposed to um, be with Constance when she goes to Japan uh, on the 16th for that big event on the 19th in Tokyo, um, which is a side event of uh, Prime Minister Abe's uh, World Assembly for Women. But we have we have a lot that are you know that needs to be done here, and we're starting our program in Colombia for the fall cohort. And then we're preparing for an event on November 13th uh, in partnership with IBM and the New York Times. And this is, again, conversations with men. 
on the finance industry that I I chose to stay and have Constance, um, you know, represent us um, Tokyo together with Ambassador Chowdhury, who is uh, one of our advisory board uh, members. So, yeah, I. Maybe I'm I'm looking forward next year when we launch to uh, when we launch Impact uh, Pan Asia that I will be able to finally you know travel around first I want to travel around Asia um, for that and then in 2017 um, uh, launch Impact in uh, Europe so we're going to have Impact EU and that's going to be in Prague uh, in partnership with the United Nations Mission of uh, Czech Republic. Um, yeah, so within that, so say 2016, I hope to be able to uh, be more um, mobile and travel around. Yeah, but even just being here, I mean, at the United mm-hmm. Nations, if you are there, you know, I, I, I meet more people from around the world than I would do if I were to travel, I want to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because everybody, all, yeah, all, all the leaders go there and all the United Nations representatives. I mean, with NGOs alone, there's like thousands of NGO representatives. They're representing all 194 countries at the UN. So, yeah. May I jump in a little bit on the piece of that question? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I have I have a question for you, so um okay. <laughs> our audience will get to hear from you next so we, we can't we can't give it all away, Constance. Okay. I am not giving it all away. But do you know that I I sing the Greek national anthem? <laughs> <laughs> well we, we will def, we will definitely hear from you, you next because my I, I I get to ask you. Okay, you, next. you gotta check my blog on that one. Morelemonsplease.com. You gotta see me mm-hmm. singing the Greek national anthem. <laughs> And explaining why. Now, now, Jay, we have to make sure we get that, okay? Okay. <laughs> so, um, Janet, did you finish, or sh- can we go on to Constance, or is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, yeah. Uh, again, like I said, in, in going back to Jay's question, um, one thing that I learned in 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 um, dealing with different cultures, and I didn't have to travel so much, but really with my eight years at the United Nations, is that, um, you know, respecting the culture of other people. That's very important. It doesn't matter how different their culture is from our own culture. Respect should be the foremost uh, value that we have to give to each other. So that's what that's the biggest thing that I learned, Jay. <laughs> oh. Salama Janet, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for that answer. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah, that, that, and thank you for the honesty, Janet, because a lot, you know, often people will not share that in itself. That that's sharing a lot with our, our our young audience. So, Constance, this is your turn now. You're going okay. to Japan. You've done yes. so much. What did being an officer offer you in your current role with women today in your leadership? And what have you learned from your travels? Well, as far as being off to what I've learned, there's an old song from uh, the late 70s, There Before the Grace of God. What I learned is that a lot of people have situations and there before the grace of God go I. It, it's a hair to the left, a hair to the right. I could have been in those situations. So... 
it taught me to let go of, of judgment and to look at the person for the person. That's the greatest lesson that I, I learned, and that is what imbued me with a sense of purpose to go on past that and say, how can I help the next person? So that's become my lifelong mission. Um, as far as what I've learned in my travels, I didn't have to travel very far. New York City, people think of it as the melting pot, but it's actually rather segregated. And it's not as meshed together as people would envision. So being in certain areas, you can go into different neighborhoods and you can inhale the culture in right, I mean, straight from Ellis Island. And instead of it being so Americanized, you get a taste of the history. You get a taste of the culture. You get a taste of the people. And like I said, on my blog, morelemonsplease.com, that's where I have one of my videos discussing why I sing in Greek. One of the, the wow. uh, neighborhoods, one of the, the neighborhoods that uh, was around and growing up in uh, Perth Amboy, the waterfront area has um, one of the Greek Orthodox churches. And I had a friend when I was in middle school. He had this project and said, hey, you know, I need people to help me sing. And I sat there and I learned the Greek National Anthem. I was 11 years old. I know it's still today. I'm 45. Why? Because I wove part of his culture into my heart. And that's what I do wherever I go. Just take a little piece of somebody so that you can understand them on some level. Wow. Well, um, Jay, I know that you, um, that we're going to go into the second part of the uh, talk, we want to know if you ladies have a little bit more time to spend with us because we have some really important questions. We have to answer them a little fa sure. faster, but would you guys spend some more time with us just a little bit? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. So Janet and Constance, we're going to go off key here for a little bit, okay, and find out uh -oh. a little bit more about uh, <laughs> a little more about you both personally. So we would like to know, you know, we also deal with youth education and um, arts and culture. So we would like to know, since you do such awesome work, what do you love to What is your favorite music, each one of you? What is your favorite music to listen to? <laughs> okay. I, I, I have to, and Jan's laughing, I have to start this one. I was a house and techno DJ. I traveled internationally, what? New York, between the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, I had she a was an international DJ. DJ. Uh, yeah, if you, you, I had a, a, a DJ collective. I still, it's still in effect, House of Music, but a DJ collective of international DJs, promoters, and uh, party goers whose love is common bond is the love of dance music, and. From 1992 until really 2006, um, I traveled through the U.S. and Canada. I still have some people with, with the collective that, that are active, um, but that's what I did, house, house and techno. And Wow. Yes, yeah, so, so um, that and dance classics. I grew up on big bands and salsa. My mother taught me how to play drums. 
I was in a, a rock cover band covering uh, Patti Smith and Bad Company. And, and Whoa. Yeah. So I, I have a very wide swath when it, it comes to, to music. But wow. the core, core of me really, um, <laughs> house, techno, and especially dance classics, the uh, mid-late 70s to throughout the 80s. Wow. And and what about you, Janet? Oh, she's, a, <laughs> she's an airhead. I'm an she airhead? Air, yes, yeah, she loves your yeah. air supply. Oh. Yeah, my choices of music are varied, but yeah, I'm an I'm an airhead, just like what Constance said. So I love air supply. I'm not an emotional person, and Connie can can attest to that. But when it comes to songs, I get to be sentimental. So I like air supply songs. I love 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 Josh Groban songs. Uh, Ballad. So I'm a huge fan of ballad, and. for that younger part of me and a more playful part of me, I like all the boy bands. I'm a boy band fanatic. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's all the nineties boy ways. bands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah, that's where we part ways. And so you know, I, I love those. I, it's just me. And then of course, I love love like what I I told Connie, um, uh, classic rock. You know, I love the screaming man. You know, so like, the, like, like, the like yeah, like uh, Soundgarden, um, yeah, Nirvana. yeah, so yeah, wow. so those stuff, so, yeah. So I, I, I am very, yeah. My, my choices of music and what I listen to are very varied. And um, one thing I can't stand. Um, am I allowed to say, Constance? Yeah, sure. The mu- music that I can't stand are screaming women. <laughs> except for pink. I don't like except don't, for pink. don't like songs where they're screaming women. So <laughs> you like pink. But huh? You like pink. Yeah, I like pink very much, yeah. I like pink a lot. But I think that, that, you know, screaming women she doesn't go for. Wow. Yeah. Well Jay, yeah. I know you so have I don't another go for, like, question for that. I don't go for like Patty LaBelle and all that. I don't go for those. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but I like classic rock, and I'm an airhead, and I'm a boy band, and wow. ballad. Yeah. Well, Jay, um, I know you have a question for them as well. Yeah, you you opened up a can of worms, Gail. I'm almost afraid to ask this one, <laughs> but I'll ask you. Okay, you both got to well, you know, I'm outnumbered here. <laughs> what is your you guys' favorite genre of movies to watch? Oh, that's easy to answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as far as well, we we both enjoy our uh, suspense thrillers, mm-hmm. and we love watching those horror old horror movies. <laughs> I and, never used to yeah, like it. Concerts. I got her hooked. <laughs> yeah. Constance will, uh, yeah, will tell you more. But, yeah, we do watch uh, var- various genres. Um, go ahead, Constance. I don't – it's easier to answer more of what I yeah. don't watch. Um, because I pretty much watch everything. 
I, we, but, what, um, but what do you love? But Constance, in this case, what do you love to watch? What are your favorite genres of music to? I mean, genre of movies to watch. Movies. I love heroes. Wow. I love okay. heroes. Yeah, she loves heroes. Um, whether it's a hero, um, like the rulers in the mist or Hellboy. <laughs> The the thought of um, <laughs> overcoming yeah I love Hellboy. <laughs> uh, the thought of overcoming obstacles not only to bring your, yourself ahead but to 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 bring others and, and to, to defend others has always just been a, a, a passion of mine. So if I had to give a, a favorite type of, of genre, I would have to say. Anything of a superhero sort. Well, ladies, we're going to move on to, um, we have about another five questions, and we're going to move a little quickly through them, but they are important questions, all right? And so um, we're going to move on to something, Jan and Constance. When you were young children, was there anything you saw during your time of growing up that lends to the distinctions you apply to the young women in your leadership program now? Uh, oh, I'll say that again, Gail. I'm sorry. I'll say that again. So this is to both you and Constance. When you were young children, was there anything you saw during your time of growing up, you know, good or bad, that lends to the distinctions that you teach the young women in your leadership program now? I'll take that one first. I was diagnosed with arthritis at the age of nine, and I had a lot of mobility issues. I still have mobility issues. But my number one champion, my father, he didn't see my disability. He saw, okay, what can we do? And when I, we teach the class, one of the things I love attacking are limiting beliefs. Dan? Hello? Hi. Um, do, um, do we have Jay and Janet there? I'm here. Yes. I'm here. Okay. Then okay, we your time. I'm done. Okay. Well, uh, Janet and Constance, uh, what have you found that youth are missing today in the United States, in the Philippines, and other parts of the world? Wow. That's a real good question. I'd have to say presence. They're missing presence. They're missing being in the huh? here and now. They're missing presence. They're, they're missing being oh. here and now and taking account of what they have in the here and now. Gratitude. Uh-huh. A presence. That's what I see missing. I see people going off into... Um, Imaginary places online and and all these different distractions that take them away from the here and now. Wow! And then when they when they do come back to the here and now, they don't know how to cope. That's a that's a topic for that's a topic right there. That's that's a really good answer. That's a well, really good topic. If you if you, <laughs> you want to take up that topic, you give me a call back. 
<laughs> we will. We definitely will. We definitely will. We'll take you and Janet up on that one again, definitely. <laughs> Janet, what is your okay, thought? If I, can, if, if I can add it in 10 seconds, um, I'm part of a movement called the Grateful Ring Movement, gratefulring.com, and that movement does, uh, it tackles that very subject of people being mindful, people being present, and people being grateful. Okay, Jan, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Well, I think that um, right now uh, what is missing based on my interaction with other people and talking to a lot of women and men is the um, human interaction because of the advent of social media, and, I mean, that's not bad, but, you know, um, more and more we find ourselves now um, missing that authentic face-to-face human interaction. Uh, And I think that in the long run it is not sustainable because it leads to apathy. So... For example, the younger generation just, you know, being uh, in front of the computer, the cell phone, et cetera, and not really, I mean, there's been a lot of studies lately that's being done on this one and how they're not really nurturing that, that human interaction, that face-to-face interaction and communication with another human being. So um, the, my fear for that really, and it is shared by so many other friends of mine as well, is that it can potentially lead to apathy, which is right now what we could see with so many other people, apathy. And so once we have apathy, I mean, it's not good. People will, will, will start to not care about the things wow. that really matter to human beings. So that's, that's what I think is missing. You know, Jay, um, I'm going, if it's okay with you, Jay, I'm going to switch up on my question, um, on, on this question. Uh, I'm not going to ask the question I was going to because they hit something, Jay, that you and I really feel strongly about. Um, ladies, one of the things that, as far as young people, um, you know, having the opportunity to speak at the UN myself and Jay as well and and different places and and work with young people as Jay and I do. One of the things that has really bothered me is the pressure that young people are being put under right now, you know, to be older. You know, uh, the young people are, you know, everything of tomorrow. And my opinion is that the reason why so many people who are middle-aged and older are putting so much pressure on young people is because they're the majority of the population that's coming in today and because we don't want to be forgotten. So Jay and, uh, and my commitment is the commitment to intergenerational communication so that uh, young okay. people can grow up to be just who they are and not be pushed to make decisions now or to be pushed to make the, you know, feel that they have to be older just to be themselves and go along their own journey. And my question to you as two people who are doing a magnificent job with young women, okay, and you are actually doing that right now. You have intergenerational communication within your program. I don't see that often. What do you think is missing in our communication as media? I'm talking about, I don't mean Jay and I, but I mean media in general, you know, really doing a hard push for young people to make adult decisions that their experiences don't lend to and they feel pressured on. What are your thoughts about that? 
especially in a leadership mm-hmm. program that you have right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I go, go ahead? ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that that right there, Gail, is a huge discussion when you talk about media, because again, this is where the majority of the influence comes from, and so yeah. right now with how media is. Uh, stereotyping the younger generation, you know, and and how a lot of that is far from the truth, that really is the one that hurts, you know, the entire uh, direction and even the image, the self-image of of, of the younger people. That's where they get confused because of the, the, um, the depiction of the media of them, which are, for the most part, are superficial and not real. And so um, I guess that more, I think more work has to be done in terms of really um, having a, a serious dialogue out there and, and, and get it out in the media, the big media, on how to really get to to present the younger generation, like what you said, as who they should really be, meaning themselves, meaning not giving them adult responsibilities, meaning not pressuring them because we don't want to be forgotten as an older generation and all that stuff. Um, Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You very much so. Thank you. So, um, Constance. I just invite something. you know me, I'm the DJ, Junior. Take your time, young man. You got it's a language and, and a discussion that has been going on forever. Where when do you introduce certain things? Um what is it that the youth can, can handle at what particular age? There is a huge problem as far as what media influence is around. And the media influence, the the shows that that are on TV, the things that are are in magazines, telling young women and young men what they are supposed to be like, and it's not only not realistic, but it's damaging. So, what do you do? Oh, that sorry about that. That that is my baby. <laughs> he has opinion. <laughs> we have a, a, a male Karelian, He is a Karelian bear dog. He is the uh, national dog of Finland. They were almost wiped out by the Nazis, and they brought them um, back. And the dogs, one of the traits is that they, they hunt bear. They're not a, a biting, uh, uh, grabbing type of dog. They, they harass, and they bark, and they hunt for up to 30 hours. <laughs> so that that he's our our, our happy hunter. Um, but, but back to um, the, the media influence. What we can do. Um, when I was growing up, I had a whole lot of people that stood around me with their arms folded, with their, their fingers out, letting me know what I could and couldn't do. There's the African problem. It takes a village to raise a child. And as far as the influence of young men and young women today. It takes a village to, to steer them in the, in the right direction and hope that they make the right choices. It takes your teachers. It takes 
your community leaders. It takes your, your law enforcement officers. It takes the parents. It takes the, the neighbors that you call Uncle Tom, Thomas and, and Aunt Helen, like we have across, across the way. It takes a village. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. very much so. Um, Jay, I know you have a question next. Yes, um, this is to Janet. Uh, Janet, we talk about women. Now, how do we reach the women in other countries who do not have a voice for their respective leadership in their family? Okay, um, that's a really great question. Thank you, Jay. Well, right now, and I, I, I want to um, focus on uh, what you know what we offer at Impact. For example, we are actually working on creating online platforms um, so that we can offer these programs to um, other parts of the world where women uh, actually have not gotten to that level yet, where they can have you know, more voice and, and, and have access to platforms where they can, you know, they can lend their voice and they can speak up. So um, really um, that's one thing that I'm grateful for about technology is that now we can reach any part of the world with technology, and I'm sure you both know that is what you do with uh, Internet radio. And also um, partnering with grassroots organizations, these organizations, uh, there's a lot of these organizations at the United Nations, Gail, you know this, and of course Jay, and they're the ones who really go on foot, on the ground, right, into these, um, you know, far places uh, and really talk uh, personally to these women. We have one uh, uh, friend, very good friend, Dr. Rama Mani, and I mean, she's a oh, scholar. She's wonderful. She Absolutely is, beautiful woman. Yeah, she is a, a poet. She's a, a, she she teaches at um, um, uh, she uh, teaches in in the UK, and um, a brilliant, brilliant young lady uh, of Indian descent, and she know she lives in France. And what she does, even in that status, she goes to the war torn areas, specifically in the Middle East, and she talks to this. She risks her life. And in going to these places, and she talks personally to these women who are caught in between uh, wars, who are you know who have been raped, who has been who have lost husbands and 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 children, and she gets their stories firsthand. And what she does is she uses her poetry to give voice to these women. And so we partner with people body. like Dr. Ramamani. Yes, to give her a platform, you know, like, for example, we're bringing her to the United Nations uh, uh, when we do our Power of Collaboration in February 2015 so that she can use our global platform to give voice to those so many women that she interviewed from all those war-torn areas to, to let the world know about the flight firsthand. So that's one of the examples that we do, Jay. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, enriching, you know, women and giving voices to those who, who do not have access. Another thing is my personal involvement as a board of director for um, World Pulse. World Pulse. Yeah, World Pulse is uh, a 10-year-old uh, a organization, I think we're turning 11 now, who is, uh, that is committed to using technology, again, 
to give voice to to the women who are otherwise, you know, will not will never be heard. And so we use technology to do that. And World Pulse is the leading organization for women that does this thing. And I'm a part of the board of that. So on, on, on a personal level, this is what I do. That is well, now, Jay, it is beautiful. And then, Constance, we have one more question for you, and then, Jay, we're going to skip to okay. the last question to, together. Um, Constance, we want to know, how do we get women to be confident in who they are as women? You start a conversation. You start a conversation. Um, a lot of the ills happen because of silence. I'll give you an example. Take a look at what's going on with um, uh, the Ray Rice, with domestic violence. Now that the story is has come out and, and that horrendous video has come out, look at how women are responding. Um, somebody said, oh, you know, this happened. Why did, why did Janae stay? And all these women started uh, on Twitter, why I stayed, and explained to them why it is that they stayed. They started a conversation. And when you have things of shame and, and um, lack of confidence, it often gets opened up when you start that conversation. One of the... Uh, grassroots uh, campaigns that I help support is called Find Your Voice by a woman by the name of Sahar Paz. And to tell her story rather briefly, after five failed suicide attempts, she realized that she is on this planet for a greater reason. It's, and her, her statement is that everything is just a conversation away. So that's what's most important, starting that conversation. Wow. Um, and one of the uh, things that we wanted to uh, ask you, Jay and I would like to read this question actually to you together um, because we think it's so powerful as what you two both stand for. So, Jay, if you would join me, it would be a pleasure to have you as my co-host and me as your co-host to read this together, which is about the sensitive subject. So would you join me in asking that to both um, Janet and sure. Constance, Jay? This yes. is a sensitive subject. Subject. We acknowledge both of you for having the relatedness. What is the relatedness that you do as a couple who are two women who are in a relationship? Jay and I want to know, what advice do you give young people who want to be themselves? And Jay, would you read the last part of it? But not accept it for their sexual orientation. Okay, you're going to have to read, one of you is going to have to read that because okay, well, it, it got a weird we'll, echo, we'll so I only got part of the question. So, Jay, I'll read the first part of it and you read the second, okay? This is a sensitive right. subject, and we acknowledge you both for having the courage and the relatedness to be the women you are in a mutually satisfying, loving relationship. So, Jay, would you read the second part? What advice do you guys give young people who want to be themselves but not accept it for their sexual orientation? Wow. Okay. Number one, uh, August 18th, Janet and I celebrated 10 years together, the 10-year anniversary. 120 months. We actually uh, 
count the, the months. Anyway, um, the, the first thing and, and the the number one obstacle is loving yourself. Like uh, RuPaul says, if you don't love yourself, how the heck are you going to love somebody else? Um, so first is, is understanding and accepting yourself outside of someone else's definition and loving yourself. Um, then the next thing is to really understand what love is. And one of the greatest um, examples or starting points of describing love is in the Bible. And I, I'm not, there's people of, of different walks of life, of different faiths. I'm not saying to subscribe to um, a re- one religion or, or another. I'm saying to read the words that love is patient, love is kind, love does not brag or boast. Learn what love is. Look for loving examples in your life. And the greatest thing that that I, I can say is to just love. Learn what it is to just love. I was having a discussion the other day where... Um, Somebody say, oh, I love you like a play cousin. When you start defining and trying to describe love, I found that it actually starts diminishing love because it starts boxing it in into a space that it's really too big to hold. Love. Learn to love. Love your friends with all your heart. Love your family with all your heart. Love your, your barking dog with all your heart. Love the the... The people that you experience <coughs> with all your heart, learn to love. I'm done. Does that make sense? And what about you, yep. Janet? Yeah. Okay. So I want to go direct to the point and answer that very question, which is what you know. What is your advice to young people who who are not accepted for who they are? And um, I want to reaffirm what Constance said which is love, but this one, really, I want to drive on self-love, meaning loving yourself for who you are, accepting yourself for who you are, and being comfortable in your own skin. This is the reason why I am like this, why I'm able with Constance to do all these things and, and, and achieve all the things that we're doing because even as a child, I have learned to be comfortable in my own skin. I was fortunate to have a family that was very supportive but that never questioned me even as a child when, I started, when they started seeing me, you know, playing with my boy cousins and, oh, she's going to be gay. And of course, you know, <laughs> and but for, and I'm very fortunate and grateful to God for that. But I didn't have to experience all those um, persecutions and and not being accepted. But truly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your circumstances, whether you're accepted or not. But more so, if you're not accepted, especially by your family, at the end of the day, you have to learn how to love yourself and be comfortable, and then fight for that. At the end of the day, you are your own best friend. And what you feel about yourself, how you feel about yourself, and the level of acceptance that you have for yourself for being who you truly are, that is the most 
that's something that no one can ever take away from you. It doesn't matter how much they tell you you're not accepted, how much they, they hate you for being, you know, for being who you are. So, so that's my advice to young people. Just if there's one thing that you have and you must protect with every strength that you have, it's that. You have to protect your love and acceptance for yourself, for who you are. Yes, yes, yes. And you have to be comfortable in your own skin. Nothing else matters after that. And people will see that. And when people see that, you know, it's up to them what they decide. But as far as you are concerned, you don't have any problem with yourself. You love yourself for who you are. You are good to go. That's my take. You are first and final. You're, You're the first word and the final word, absolutely. Love yourself. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. I mean, Jay, I I think we really had a great time with them, and we'd love to have you guys come on back at at the end of the year or the beginning of the year because we want to talk about your project with Conversations with Men, which is amazing. And um, we just didn't have the time to get to it. Thank you so much for the time. And would you just please tell everyone where to find you, both to where to find both of you on your sites, and um, we just like everyone to also know that they have a conference coming up in October. So if you share that with our audience right now, and you can also download this amazing episode that we think was really great. So if you would share that with our audience, guys, it would be great right now before we go. Go ahead, Jen. Okay, so uh, you can find us at, of course, impactleadership21.com. You can find Constance at her blog at Please. Dot com and also constancejpeak.com. And you can also find me at janetcsolifer.com. But a lot of our work you can find at impactleadership21.com. And our upcoming event, Gail, is actually um, in November, November 13th, 13th at the New York Times. Yes, but Conversations with Men on Wall Street and Finance. We have smaller events before that, but the big one is uh, that's upcoming is the uh, event in November 13th at the New York Times. So please check out impactleadership21.com for more details about that. All right. Also, well, thank you so much. If anybody has... Can I... Oh, no. Just please go ahead. Second? Please go ahead. Yeah. Okay. If somebody is out there that needs help, that, that needs um, issues talked out, you can reach me at my blog, morelemonsplease.com. If, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So that's why I have more lemons, please. I have an understanding of certain situations that maybe you don't have people immediately around you that can help. You can write me on my blog, morelemonsplease.com. Well, we thank you both for that. And as Jay, as always, I thank you for being in this work together. So everyone, we're going to leave out with Treasure by Pat and Leather. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Gail. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.